Hello, everyone. I'm Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. This week, we talked to New Jersey-based emo band Fox Teeth. While neither Sawyer or Andrew are chefs, they do their best to make food from their respective styles, vegan and The Sopranos. The band's design choices stem from a history of graphic design, synesthesia, and Andrew's unwavering support. Their sophomore LP, Through the Blue, was created through experimentation, doubt, and the freedom of developing their style further. Their album release show is a night they'll never forget, and they're excited to play more live shows throughout the summer. Without further ado, Floral Patterned by Fox Team. Fox Teeth, Andrew and Sawyer, thank you guys so much for being on with us tonight. Thanks for having us. 
I think the first thing that we wanted to talk a little bit about is something that we absolutely love to talk about on the podcast, and that is cooking. Uh, so, Andrew, you said that that's something that you enjoy doing. Tell us a little bit about where that started and what you're doing with it now. Uh, so I, I've always been interested in the culinary arts. I'm not very good, so like, don't, you know, don't come into my kitchen expecting anything good. But um, as I've gotten older, I've started meal prepping a little bit so making basic things like chicken and veg or rice but uh, my girlfriend got me the sopranos cookbook for christmas so i've been making like pork shoulder um she's way more italian than i am so i've been trying to like emulate her mom's meatball and sauce with my grandma's and with the sopranos it's not really working because i'm not my grandma i'm not a soprano but uh, I've been doing pork. I've been doing a lot of pork lately. I also really like to, again, like just kind of, I really like to season things. Like whenever my mom is cooking something and my mom, my mom's really good at cooking chicken, but she's like, you got to season it. Come here. And I'm always, I got the magic fingers, I guess. I don't know if it's like her just being nice, but I, I've kind of been dabbling into cooking. I cooked for my girlfriend for Valentine's Day. I made a something from the Sopranos book. I made a filet mignon with a red wine reduction and I got very good at the red wine reduction. It came out nice and thick the day of. It was really cool. So my next dish, I think I'm going to do a linguine white clam sauce or a veal with caper. I'm not sure which of the two, but it's coming up. It's coming up soon. Now you started that off by saying like, don't come in my kitchen expecting much. And then <laughs> saying like some of the most complicated, well, what I think would be the most complicated, like fancy kind of things to be making. So like, how did you, is that something that comes natural to you or is it something that you've been working on? My, I'm not a very, I'm a very impulsive person. Mm. I'm not very organized. So even in music, like I just scratch and plot things. That's, that's my, my process goes so you should see the messes I make in the kitchen oh my god when I, I remember when I, I visited my girlfriend for Valentine's Day I had to like put a mask on and like be like all right I got everything and it was really good that was the most stressful part it wasn't even the cooking it was pretending like I knew what I was doing so that I wasn't like just wrecking her apartment but just like setting things up on a board and pointing at exactly, them like exactly this one exactly yeah this, all right the staging um no cooking doesn't really come natural to me at all but like so little in my life comes naturally to me that I've just kind of accepted how fun it is to be really bad like when I try to cook things in my kitchen I'm asking my mom the dumbest questions and I just like I just kind of put up with it I just know that I'm gonna make a mess and that even if it tastes bad like I got a bunch of food that I know I tried my best at and it was fun maybe 10, 15 years from now, and I, I, have a, I have a family, I have a backyard, I got a grill, I know a little bit more about what I'm doing. But if I wait until then, then more people are going to be like, what do you, get off the grill. What are you, doing? <laughs> you're, you were like already preparing to be yeah. a grill dad. Yes, I am. You're going to have like the white chunky sneakers. Dude, and the apron. Jorts. <laughs> jorts, Corona. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I That's can't wait. so good. It's going to be fun. Hopefully the cooking will catch up by that I feel like Andy's definitely the chef of the band. Like, I... You don't have any chefs. <laughs> if, if anyone had to be the chef, it would be you. Because I can't cook to save my life. Um, and on top of that, I'm vegan. So, like, half the stuff I cook is just the same vegetables over and over. Or just a ton of different tofu recipes. That stuff slaps, though. Got it. Yeah, I mean, it, 
definitely depends on how you make it. Tofu is one of those things where it's either the most flavorless thing you could have in your life or it's one of the most best best tasting things in your life. Tofu is hard to get right. Yeah. If you if you have even like a slight grasp on tofu, I respect it. And <laughs> like you've you've got you've got all you need to to be a vegan chef is like some grasp of tofu. Cuz like you said, everything else is kind of vegetables and nuts and you can do whatever you want and like mix stuff up, but tofu is like I think the like not the primary but something people a staple think of as a primary in, yeah. in vegan cooking so that is hard hard to do <laughs> Andrew Andrew is that something that you have uh dabbled in at all also like doing some vegan cooking if you're with the band and you you guys need a meal I you know maybe one day it'll come up um because I'm, I'm sure we're gonna be on tour and like I'll, I'll get the itch to try to cook something good but I haven't because I'm personally not vegan so I haven't I haven't really like tried to to whip something up but maybe i will i've been thinking about it yeah for now the soprano's cookbook is for, the... for now we're doing the rib sticking italian food that's what we're on yeah yeah <laughs> i know sawyer uh you told us that graphic design is something that uh you're interested in also so give us a little bit of background about about that bit yeah absolutely um i've been doing graphic design for as long as i can remember honestly like um even in like middle school and stuff, like I didn't really know it was called graphic design until honestly, until I was, I think a senior in high school. Um, but it kind of started off as like when I would go to shows and I would really, really want a shirt. And you know, when you're like 12, 13, you don't have the money to buy a shirt or, you know, a hat, anything. So I would go home and like make my own version of a band's merch that I liked or like make a design that I thought would be cool. Um, and that kind of branched out into me having like, a really large interest in taking it a little bit further. Um, and it wasn't until, honestly, it wasn't until we formed as a band that I was like, okay, maybe I should, you know, actually use like Photoshop and start getting into actual programs for this um, and focus on it. Even in college, like I went from going in as a film major to changing to just visual arts so that I could focus more on graphic design. Um, I mean, I, I still consider it a hobby because it's not something that I'm doing full-fledged. It's kind of, like, on the side, but I've, I've taken a lot of time to, like, marinate with understanding it. Um, and, like, as a musician, it's something that really comes in handy because, like, if we need a tour poster, if we need a T-shirt, um, I can whip it up immediately um, financially. Like, we save a lot with it. And I honestly, I don't think there's any merch that we've put out yet that I haven't somehow thought of or you know actually sat and drew out um but graphic design is is something that's really cool it's a lot more than just like oh yeah put some pictures on a shirt or you know put some pictures together and it's cool it's like it's a really interesting art form and it's something that I enjoy doing even just for fun like sometimes I'll just practice making posters and I don't know. It's something I've I've just always kind of graduate or gravitated towards um, other than music, honestly. So when you're developing concepts for, say, your merch versus uh, if you're doing merch or uh, posters or something for another band, is there a different uh, process that you go through or is it um, conceptually um, listening to the music and seeing what fits like the aesthetic of the band? Um, 
it's it's definitely more if I'm doing it for another band, like listening to their music, having them kind of pick their style out a little bit more. Um, I honestly, I, I've done a lot of stuff for um, our friends in Pollyanna and huge thing about them. Obviously, Slime was their last record. So the color green was a huge point in all of the designs I did for them. Um, but it's it comes down to like knowing what they want and also kind of giving bands that freedom to boss you around honestly like i i much rather prefer when people are like this is what we want this is what colors this is what font because then i just kind of sit and put it together um but i i feel like when i do fox teeth merch it's so weird to say but it's sometimes harder because i get so picky with it and i will like sit for hours like messing around just with fonts like it, i'm like a maniac it's kind of scary sometimes um but I'm very particular with ours. And I, I think it's because I, I'll have a very clear picture of what I want in my head. And I'm a little bit harder on myself um, when I know it's something that I'm going to be making and then we're going to be putting out as a band. I, I get that entirely. Um, just as like the your own stuff is harder to do. And like the amount of like thought that you have to put into it is it's like such a different level of like focus and work and i mean i think you've done a great job with all of the merch that we have seen uh from you i think it's really cool and i think you've done a lovely job so props props to you on uh, you. doing all that i'm curious uh how the process is when you guys are making stuff if sawyer it's just kind of like all you you kind of go or you like run it by andrew and andrew tries to pick things apart or he's just like looks good like what's the process when you guys are making stuff I think it it depends on what we're doing. I, I think a lot of the stuff that, you know, album artwork, merch, any any design stuff that we have as a band, I think a lot of it is me coming up with an idea, making like some sort of mock-up and then showing it to Andy. Um, and then either picking it apart or like, I, I honestly, Andy, I think more times than not, you're just pretty much like, yeah, this is, this is good. Let's go with this. Yeah, it's because um, it, it's usually like just perfect to begin with. Or I'm like, do I have the audacity to give my opinion right now? Like, no, because like, this is dope, and like, I'm gonna I'm rock with it, because it, because it is. Now, obviously, um, your designs are heavily intertwined with your music at this point, because that is something that you're working on heavily. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you came up with those designs in relation to the music, and then like a little bit about um, just the kind of uh, melding of these two skills these two art forms i can definitely say um as weird as it's it might not sound that weird but i have synesthesia um so and the way that mine is because it's a little bit different for everyone but when i hear certain sounds certain music um i will see full-on colors or associate colors very strongly with it um which it comes in handy because more times than not, I feel like people kind of agree with the color that I'll pick. Like with our last release, Through the Blue, we just kind of had, we had the lyric Through the Blue in a song. So it wasn't intentional for the album to be blue. Um, but I think before we even chose the album name, I was like, the color blue is just, it's there, it's in my head. And um, it just matched up very well. And that happens more times than not, honestly. I love the idea that there is just kind of a vibe to the music. And like, there is. And we don't have synesthesia, but I think I, agree I think when you see, color. <laughs> yeah, like you could, there's just kind of a vibe to a lot of music. So 
that's um but also like helpful helpful thing to have in terms of the design process for stuff absolutely it it, it just like a little bit little bit easier for me so tell us a little bit about uh the album through the blue tell us a little bit about the writing process how you guys uh started it why you made it if there's anything in there that like we should be hearing um yeah so we started writing through the blue around the same time that type came out so october november 2020 um the first two songs we started writing were ghost without a grave and mathematician but the, the interesting little nugget is that two emos and some checkered bands was a song that we cut from type because we rewrote it a couple times, but we couldn't really get it right until 2021, actually. Like, we, we wrote a lot of different things, a lot of different arrangement things changed with two emos. So the writing process was a bit different because there was more, like, in-person jamming involved with Through the Blue. Tight was done, like, 95% virtually, where... Everything after Donnie Darko, Sawyer sent a guitar track with the whole song and with like pretty much all the lyrics and melody mapped out. I wrote and recorded the drums in my basement, sent them to our old producer and our bassist and everybody just sort of did everything remotely or at the studio at different times. So that was a lot of fun, but Through the Blue was a lot more like stream of conscious in that we were able to get into a room after demoing separately for a while and kind of feel things out. So I feel like people have said to me, they can feel like we're jamming the record out together, even though we multi-tracked it separately in uh, dim studios and freehold. But I, I think it's cool that we kind of captured a little bit of like the basement rock, garage rock kind of feel to it that kind of wasn't on tight. I feel like you can hear that tight is definitely done multi-tracked separately which isn't a bad thing it's a vibe like we keep saying but uh, it was really cool that Mike and us unconsciously through our songwriting kind of channeled more of a primal flow through through the music and the performance of it or so I'm told <laughs> you know yeah I mean like that's a super interesting um I guess function of of the way the the music was um, written. You said that you wrote it over the course of the last couple of years. And like you said, obviously this was done a little bit differently than tight because virtual and in person are two very different things. What was the, the uh, process of like actually writing it like in comparison? Uh, is it like easier? Like you said, there's like a little bit more, in the motion of things did that make it more difficult to like finalize anything or was it easier because of that for me i feel like things were a little more difficult because there was a lot more of an element of like okay we're going to be in a room this day to run these songs and you know i was i was a little unsure of a lot of my drum parts of a lot of my drum fills i was in a weird phase with my drumming and my songwriting approaches so like I always felt a little bit of pressure like oh, I gotta come correct he's gotta be the parts it's like I'm doing the official recording and I would just be super stressed and tense trying to just play the songs in a room you know whereas tight was like that process but 
stretched out over Corona time. Uh, I had all day, every day to just record as long as I wanted to, and I could listen back and I didn't have to print anything that I didn't love. So like for me, the challenge of through the blue was like an exercise of just letting go and being really impulsive and just printing things that I didn't love immediately and I didn't really connect with and maybe I was a little unsure of. How was it like for you, Sawyer? Um, I would definitely say it was a little bit more difficult with writing um, through the blue and even though, like Andy said, like a lot of the songs we had already kind of started writing just as tight was being released. Um, but I can at least say like lyrically and with the guitar, like I felt a really huge pressure to kind of one up, you know, like 18 year old me's writing from tight. And um, I think anyone in a, in a band, when you have a release, um, you always want the next release to be better. But I think I got really in my head and there were times where I was like, the guitar is way too simple and I have to add this. And especially because on like tight, like I was doing all this like fifth wave emo, like tapping and like twangy sounds. And with Through the Blue, I think I kind of like was able to hone in on a little bit more of a simpler tone and guitar playing style. Um, I think I, the actual like technicalities of writing it, I think was about the same, like knowing how I wanted to play the songs, um, and kind of knowing how to form them. But again, I think I just had that pressure and that, that voice in the back of my head that was like, you need to be better than you were before that just made me really nervous while writing. Um, and, and it gave me a good push. Um, but it, it also made me second guess a lot of the ways that I had written before. And it kind of made me reflect as a musician and as a songwriter and try to really figure out like what style is my style and try to solidify it a little bit more and I'm still at a point where I kind of don't know what my style is at least with uh with songwriting um it's just something that just kind of had to be felt out for the album and that I think I'll continue to feel out for anything that we're ever writing the experimentation of it and kind of learning your style how do you overcome that second guessing that you know almost doubt it sounds like when it comes to writing but then still put out that put out the album and songs that sound you know sound great and then um that you end up loving I think I think I'm definitely still trying to find a solid answer to it honestly um considering like I'm I'm a very anxious person I get in my own head constantly um I think it's a matter of kind of, I don't know. I think it's a matter of knowing, knowing your ability and being able to take advantage of your strengths. Um, I think with tight, like I didn't really know my full ability as a songwriter. I didn't really know, like, I didn't even really know how to sing properly. I didn't even know I could like scream in songs. I just kind of accidentally found all of that out and it, they were all very like happy accidents, not to, not to bring up Bob Ross again, but happy accidents. <laughs> um, and with through the blue, I was like, okay, well, I know I can do this. How can I, again, be, be better with doing this? And I don't know. I, I think, I think it's a, it's a weird answer to say like, I'm still trying to figure it out, but I, I think it's kind of hard to like land on a solid answer only because as strongly as I started to feel about my abilities when we went into the studio for Through the Blue, 
I think like once we were actually like getting to the nitty gritty and recording, I was sitting there like panicking in my head. Like I remember we had one day I was doing vocals for a song. Um, and I think it was for the song Promises that uh, that uh, that really started to get to me. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, my voice doesn't work for this song. What are we writing? What are we doing? Um, and then we listened to the track for the first time after it was mixed. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. So I, I don't know. I think it's I think being able to have the validation of hearing the track in full um, and being able to kind of like pick out what you really like about it makes it a little bit easier to be like, oh, OK, this is this is cool. Let me not be so hard on myself. Um, I think like you have this idea of exploration in your music and like developing it further. So we went from like the twangy kind of like a lot of uh, effects and sounds to a little bit more simpler tone. Like you said, do you think that's something that you're going to continue to try out or do you want to have it a little bit more complex? Like, what do you think your music going forward might sound like? Um, I think a big thing for me that I've kind of been pushing with our sound is just having a fuller sound. Um, considering like we're a three piece, we don't have a lead guitar player, especially live. Um, I think like comparing through the blue to tight, tight was very raw. It was maybe one or two guitar tracks for an entire song. And it was very much like we plugged the guitar in, we hit the record button. That was it. Um, and I knew it through the blue when our producer, um, Mike Sharapa, he was like, Hey, let's add like seven more tracks of guitar. And I was like, this dude's insane. I've never heard it. Like at the time I just had never heard of doing that. Um, and it made me realize like, wow, this makes us sound like a full band and it's still three people really recording. Um, I think going forward, like, even though I like the twanginess and I like kind of that open space, I want to do a little bit more filling that space up, um, whether that be layering guitar or even adding just lead guitars and kind of incorporating that more. Cause I, I know a lot of our songs don't have leads. Um, we're kind of mistakenly known for that. Um, but I, I think it's, I, I want to definitely make our songs more complex in the future um, and just add more to them. Because when I listen to like a lot of the bands I like, they have so much going on that you don't always pay attention to, but it's like the song wouldn't be the same without it. It just, it's like, it's like making a sandwich and not putting the cheese on, you know? It's like the steak without the reduction. Exactly. So we've been talking about the most recent release through the blue. Um, what were some of your inspirations when it came to writing this album? Some uh, musical inspirations that you were listening to at the time, as well as inspirations outside of music. Um, and like what experiences you were pulling from a big one for me outside of music was the idea of like i i just learned this word situationships the entire mm -hmm. they're not the entire but like 90 percent of the album is about i guess what you can call a situationship that i had um my second semester of college and it like destroyed me for like a year and a half and um not I, I I'm a very general songwriter, meaning like I won't pinpack like an or pinpoint an exact moment or exact thing. I kind of write generally about a person or an experience. Um, and a lot of the songs kind of just surrounded that experience that I had because I had never 
until I was like 19 really had anything happen like that. Um, and it was really like, I mean, looking back now, like three years later, it was something that definitely wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but to 19 year old me, huge deal. And, um, it pushed me to write a lot because I kind of didn't know how to cope with the way I was feeling about things. Um, I didn't really know what other words to put them in other than trying to form a song out of it. So it was definitely like a really, really weird time, but it led to being able to write something that I think like a lot of people can relate to, um, especially with knowing like what the album is about. I think uh, for me, again, I just wanted to know what it, felt like to write an album and not obsess over every single note so like a lot of what I did in the studio was like kind of figured out in that take or that day or not too long before it and that kind of I mean that was inspiring to me just because for so long I've been such a perfectionist in myself where like you know I would hate playing music I would hate practicing I would go days or weeks without listening to music or or if I was I would not be enjoying it it was really weird but like it was kind of freeing in a way to to just write a rock album I guess Uh, for the first time in my life I was listening to just like good stupid hit you in the face rock music like the killers or um you know bands I grew up on like Blink-182 and while none of the drum parts are really like Ronnie Benucci's or Travis Barker's on the record like it was just cool to kind of get in a different headspace of like I don't need to be crazy you know I, I can chill out and even then like like I think Sawyer said earlier once they got into the studio it was a much different story mentally like, like for me yeah I definitely was trying to do all this crazy stuff I wasn't prepared for and didn't practice and that was a whole thing so I just the idea of freedom, I guess, as pretentious as it is to say something like that, you know. No, I think that's really cool as like um, inspiration in the process of just kind of doing it a, a new way. I mean, I think that's interesting. And if that's what got the album done, you know, so yeah, it's be it. all, like, we're all here for it. <laughs> yeah, it's just getting the work done. Yeah. Now, since um, this album was released, you guys have played a release show for it. Um, tell us a little bit about that, getting to play this like as an album full uh, live for a crowd of people. Uh, what was the experience like? It was indescribable, honestly. It was it was something that we couldn't experience before with our last release, um, you know, being that it was the peak of quarantine. And I don't I don't know. I feel like I definitely, I guess, doubted our ability to have people come to a show to see us and to like celebrate with us. Um, Not really for any bad reason, just again, going back to like getting in my own head with things. Um, And also like we, we were able to see the ticket sales like in real time or or at least the the pre-sales. So like seeing the numbers like every single day and I was, it just bothered me. Like I like freaked out about it constantly. Um, And then like day of, it really didn't feel real until um, right before we went to go play our set. And then it just kind of like hit me. Um, And for the first time in a really long time, I got hit with like the anxiety of like, Oh my God, we're playing a show. And then it was like, Oh my God, we're playing a show and it's our album release show. Um, But it was, it was such an, an insane experience because I, 
the the response that we had from the people that showed up whether they showed up for us or for the bands that opened for us or just because they were walking by and you know heard music um it was it was amazing like people were screaming the lyrics back and it it blew my mind because being like the album hasn't even been out at at the time of this for a month yet um and people were just so excited to be there to be celebrating with us and um yeah just it was it was really like such an amazing night that we got to experience it was like such a liminal feeling night for me just because again like it was really cool to see that many people come out just to to watch the show you know whether they were there for us or another band I don't think either of us have had that many people come out for like our project personally before so that was really humbling and and like really spiritual in a way like but then when you get on stage you know like the notes just come and go and then once they're gone they're gone so like like my head just kind of went blank and like so many things went right so many things were chaotic because this is a rock show you know but like it was it was pretty pretty zen i'd say even though i know we were both pretty stressed and and we really wanted to put a lot of care and love into every nook and cranny of the set like it was by the the time we were on stage you're just kind of accepting it as as it comes and it was really fun it was really fun yeah that's awesome that's the gonna be a show you'll never forget yeah um Do you have any shows that are coming up in the near future happening over the summer? Anything planned? Yes, we do. Um, we have a couple things happening in June, actually, which we're really excited. We're going to be announcing that within the next couple of weeks. So just keep your eyes peeled. Um, and we're playing the fest in Florida in October, which is a really cool festival with so many great bands that we love and, and have grown up listening to and, pro wrestling and stand-up comedy it's like an all-weekend thing at the end of october so it'll be our first time playing a show in florida we're hoping to play shows hopefully on the way down and hopefully on the way up more will be coming soon are you guys going to be doing the pro wrestling or the stand-up comedy for that we're going to be doing both it's actually going to be me and sawyer in a steel cage uh Two out of three falls match, followed by um, our bassist, Will, will be doing uh, improv. Perfect. Okay, that's a simultaneous. (laughs) So you will be in the ring and he'll be like on a ladder somewhere, just kind of doing a bit. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) Sounds like we're coming to Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Outside of shows, is there anything else that you guys are working on? Obviously, the album is quite young still, um, but are we like focused more on the album and just playing shows and doing things of that nature, or are you still writing, trying to put anything else together in terms of music? What is what is the future of Fox Teeth looking like? We're definitely doing um, a little bit of both with, you know, obviously getting to ride the album out and and take what we can that comes with it. Um, but I know we've kind of started writing a little bit already. Um, I think we're, we're a very impatient band. Like before the album was out, we had started writing new stuff. Um, but we also we also sat on releasing this album for for about a year and a half or so. So we had some time to, you know, get some new sounds in our own ears Um but I definitely think right now, like the primary focus is to just really like carry out the album as, as long as we can play shows, um, play all the new material and 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, we're we're writing kind of here and there, nothing too strong, nothing full yet, um, but still prepping to like be ready for when it's like, okay, this album has had its time, it's ran its course. Let's get into the studio. Let's put something new out. Um, I mean, yeah, that's super exciting. Super excited to see whatever it is that you guys come up with next. Um, looking forward to come to Florida to see the Fox Teeth extraordinaire uh, wrestling stand-up bits, whatever you guys end up doing. Um, Sydney, did you have any other questions for Fox Teeth? So where can we find and follow you guys online and listen to all of your music? So all of our music, um, you can just search up Foxy's. We're, I believe, on every single possible streaming app. Um, and on Bandcamp, that directly supports us if you guys buy any music. Um, and social media, our username is just NJ on Instagram and Twitter. Um, those are the best place to support us again. Cool. And uh, Perfect. yeah. Well, once again... Uh, Sawyer and Andrew Fox Teeth, thank you guys so much for being on with us. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you tonight. Thank you, thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to Little Known Tracks. If you or a loved one want to be featured, send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at LKTPod for more information about the podcast when episodes come out and occasionally giveaways and things of that nature. Thank you again for listening. See you next week.